I look at that verse and I say, when all hope is lost, when it seems like there is no future ahead of you, then all you got to do is look toward God because God has actually instilled in us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. Hello, and welcome to the Portland General Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. It is very easy to get discouraged. You may be struggling with sin, pain, or sorrow, and it seems like there is no way out. Considering how much more time people have spent indoors lately, it's no surprise we are facing an epidemic of discouragement. This week, Brother Larry Treadway concludes his sermon series entitled, Encouragement for the Journey. Alright, back again today to do the fifth and final sermon on encouragement. I hope that it's been an encouragement to you. Uh, We looked the first week at God as the God of encouragement how he extends encouragement to us so that we can extend that same encouragement to others. We looked at how to do that. Then week two, we looked at how Jesus, uh, with the disciples on the road to Emmaus, come with them on the journey and encourage them along the journey and how he will come along in our life to do the same thing. Then week number three, we looked at Mr. Encouragement, a man in the book of Acts by the name of Barnabas, And uh, uh, we looked at how we can follow his example and encouragement as well. And then last week uh, was not a good example. We looked at Job and bad encouragement, how that the friends came along and gave him some absolute terrible encouragement, how we don't need to follow that example in our lives. And then today we're going to turn towards self-encouragement. If you've got your Bibles, please open them to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter number 30. As we look at self-encouragement, I'm going to have prayer as we get started. Our Heavenly Father, may you bless the Word today. Uh, What's said and what's done, Lord, may it bring you honor and glory and not any of us. And Lord, may it be understandable that sometimes you just need to teach us how to get along with you and draw from you when no one else is around. And we give you the praise and the glory for what you do. In the name of Jesus, amen. Self-encouragement. I'm sure you're familiar with the song that came out many years ago that said, Lean on me. Lean on me when you're not strong. Lean on me and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. Not just call on me, brother, when you need a friend. We all need somebody to lean on. I just might have a problem that you'll understand. We all need somebody to lean on. I think we all want to have a friend that would be our confidant that we could go to in a time of trouble and share our needs and he could build us up or she could build us up and encourage us and lift us up. But sometimes there's no one around, no one but us. And then at other times there's people all around us, but we're not able to draw encouragement from those people. That's when we have to turn our attention toward self-encouragement because no no one is found. We just get along with God, just us and God, and use self-encouragement through Him, leaning on God. So today as we focus on self-encouragement when no one else is around, I know as a pastor there have been a few times when people have walked up to me and said, Well, Larry, I came to you for help. I came to you for for encouragement, and you did no good whatsoever. You didn't help me at all. And I sit back and I look at that, and that's right. There have been times when I just didn't have the right words. I just didn't have the right action, tried my best, but the encouragement just didn't seem to work. 
And sometimes you'll find yourself that way as well. You'll find out where no matter what anybody says to you, no matter what goes on around you, you're not able to draw encouragement from it. You just have to lean upon God and no one else. It just to be a time between you and God. So we want to turn our attention today to the Old Testament, to King David, uh, to see the concept of self-encouragement in his life and see how that we can apply some of that as well in our life. Remember what I defined encouragement to the first week, that it is an effort of extending hope, giving determination and confidence in love. In other words, it's love in action through words, actions, correspondence, whatever it might be. So 1 Samuel chapter number 30, beginning in verse number 1. And it came to pass that when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burn it with fire. They had taken the women captain captive, and there that were therein. They slew not many, or they slew a lot of people, okay? Either great or small, but they carried them away, and they went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters was taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they could have no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives. And then down to verse number six, and David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him and the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters, but God encouraged, but David, excuse me, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Someday, someplace, somehow, you'll wind up most likely in that situation. When nobody else is around or when nobody else has been able to offer the right encouragement, you'll find out that you have got to turn yourself toward God and shut everything else in that dark period of life that you come to. Verse number six was that way for David. It says that David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved and every man for his sons and for his daughters, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. Greatly distressed, and we'll see why. First, we need to go back and see the end of a verse saying he encouraged himself, but God encouraged himself in, in the Lord, his God. Others may say encouraging word, but you're not able to accept them. You may reject them or whatever. They may fall upon deaf, deaf ears in a very tough time of your life. Now, I want to begin by asking the question, why was David distressed? Why was David distressed? Well, very simply, number one, he was pursued by King Saul, a very dear friend, the king of Israel. And it was out of jealousy because people began to chant for David as the victor, as the great uh, warrior that he had slew his many more than the King Saul had slain. And it created a jealousy there. And so he had to run and King Saul was pursuing after him. He also ran away with 400 rejects as his soldiers. 400 rejects as his soldiers. And then he also, he had to run to his enemy, the Philistines. 
And then he had to return to his homeland later where he found devastation. And then, believe it or not, he got to the point that his very men was ready to stone him. So we'll go with that right there. And uh, as we look right here, we tend to see all these circumstances around David and the, that the people considered the greatest king in the history of Israel. The greatest king in the history of Israel. Now, if you read the Psalms, you'll find out something. He had his ups and he had his downs. I mean, if he was around today, he'd probably be a candidate for Prozac because he never was level. One minute he was in distress, the next minute he was rejoicing and praising God. But that's the way that life is. So we get to this. He's pursued by King Saul as he's running from him. He's got these 400 rejects as his soldiers. And by the time we get to verse number 6 that he's in distress, we find out why he got that way. If you want to turn back a couple of pages to 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 2, you'll read that verse. It said, and everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him and he became a captain over them and they were about 400 men. 400 men in distress, which meant they were a discouraged group. So he's got 400 discouraged people. Then it says they were in debt. In biblical time, that's not a good thing. In biblical times, if you're in debt and you can't pay, you're a criminal and you got to run or you're going to prison. So these people are, are distressed, they're in debt, they're discontented about life, and what a group it is for David to come along and lead. And then on top of that, David, while running, he's got to run to his enemies. His enemies, the Philistines. We wind up finding him down in the land of the Philistines. And if you remember, the Philistines were enemies of Israel. Uh, he defeated their great giant, Goliath. But yet we find them. Some, we find him a little bit later down here just camped out with him because he had nowhere else to run. But yet while he's down there with the enemy, uh, the Philistines, they want David to prove his loyalty. They want him to prove that he's loyal to them by helping them fight the Israelites. Well, there's no way David was going to fight his own people, so he refused. And when he refused, the Philistines asked him to leave. They, they basically let, let him out of the country. They, they made him leave. And when he left, he comes to uh, one of the cities in Israel called Ziglag. That's where we're going to pick back up in verses 1 through verse number 3. It came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south in Ziglag and they had smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. They had taken the women captain that were there. They slew not many, either great or small, but they carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire. Their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. As he returned to his homeland, he finds more devastation. He finds another enemy, the Amalekites, who have now attacked the city of Ziglag and burned it down to, the, down to the ground, took the women along with a lot of children and others, captives, killed quite a bit of people. And then his people, so discouraged, his 400 soldiers begin to weep. And they weep so hard that the verse says they could weep no longer. Have you ever been that way where you just cried your eyes out and you, you seemed like all your tears were gone? That's where they got to. And that was enough discouragement. But when you get to verse number six, it tells you that his men wanted to stone him to death. They wanted to kill him for what's happened. They supposed he was a cause. They were blaming David for everything that had happened. Now, before I go any further, let me give you an uplifting verse. 
The verse is out of 2 Peter, verse number 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 3. According as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of them that had called us to glory and virtue. You notice he's given us everything we need as he's called us to godliness. Uh, and, and this to me is the most meaningful verse that I ever use when I'm doing biblical counseling with somebody in trouble. I look at that verse and I say, when all hope is lost, when it seems like there is no future ahead of you, then all you got to do is look toward God because God has actually instilled in us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. So that is our encouragement verse. Now, now we got to understand here uh, uh, where we go to find encouragement. Let me get to my right verse here. All right, there we go. Where we go to find encouragement. Number one, we get alone in solitude. We get alone in solitude. We go to solitude. We see examples so many times about biblical characters that isolated himself to gain encouragement from God. We see David, even, even at another time in his life, how that he's running from Saul. And we find him in one of the caves there, that Qumran. And he's hiding out there. And he's saying these words, I found myself for it. No man careth for my soul. It's like he's saying, I'm all alone. Nobody cares anything about me at this time. And he came there and he needed encouragement alone in solitude in the cave. We come to Elijah. Uh, you know, Brother Rich covered this a couple of weeks ago in one of his Sunday school lessons. He's, he's at the brook and he's in a cave and he's having a pity party that he just wanted to die. And then came, did comes God along, along with God. Here comes God along. He feeds him. He speaks to him. He encourages him. We find Elijah up and going again. And then we can even go to Jesus. Jesus, while he was walking the earth in the flesh, uh, he was worn and pressed by, 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 by the people. And uh, it was there that we find out that uh, he, he gets alone with the Father in the mountain, in the wilderness, and he's drawing strength from the Father. And we even find him in the Garden of Gethsemane as he's going along to him by himself to pray to his heavenly Father. There's times that in his flesh he even had to get alone with God, with the Heavenly Father. And I've got personal examples, and you probably do too, where you couldn't go any further and you couldn't go to anyone that you know and you just had to get along and take it to God, discouraged and worn out. There was a time in my life that happened. I hadn't been pastoring very long and I was ready to walk away from pastoring and go on a different route. And uh, I went and got alone for about three days in a motel room. I left my wife and kids at home and I went by myself with just me and the word of God opening for me and before God and praying and spending a time alone with God to where I, he gave me the encouragement that I was able to come back and pick up the ministry again and continue just because I went alone in solitude with God. Luke 5, 16 says, He, which is Jesus, withdrew himself into the mountain and prayed. Good example. Psalms 46, verse 10 uh, David says, be still and know that I am God. These are times that they may not be equal to these extreme of David and his enemies here, may not be the exact same circumstances, but they're distractions that's taking you down. And in often time, it's important to shut everything else out, 
and everyone else out, even the very things that are important to you and the very people you love, just get alone in solitude, just you and God, and let God work it out in your life through self-encouragement. In the Word of God, it's also called get alone in your prayer closet. Just get alone with God. So that's getting in solitude. Next, we can see that we need to get into the Scripture, into the Word of God, taking it through the Scripture. David, it's shown in the Psalms. He, he was familiar with the, the books of the Bible at that time, the first five books of Moses, and he quoted them quite often. He was a student of the Word, and that's what we need to do. Get into the Scripture. Find out what the Scripture says for our situation and for our circumstance as we're looking for encouragement. Encouragement. Psalms 119 verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How great it is. Even Jesus in the wilderness himself, you remember he says, it is written. Every time Satan come against him with a temptation, he'd say, but it is written. He would come Satan again and Jesus would say, it is written. He attacked the very nature of the devil, the very nature of Satan with the word of God. And that's what we've got to do. Get into the scripture. Get the word of God into us so that we can get the word of God bringing us comfort and hope. Next, once we get alone in solitude, just us and God, we get alone in God's word, the scripture, then we get into praise. We get into praise. Habakkuk chapter number three, verse 17 and 18 says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vine, the labor of the olive shall fall, but the field shall yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and thou shalt be no more heard in the stall. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. At verse 17 is all about discouragement. Man, there's no fruit. There's no, there's no plants out there that are yielding their fruit. The animals are dying. It's hard time for the nation. Their livelihood is basically gone. But then verse number 18 shows they just stop and rejoice and praise the Lord. You know, that's right. David, he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. That great rejoicing there. I don't know. Have you ever been down and out and then sang an uplifting part of a worship song, then all at once you, you, you feel better. I've done that. Now, I don't sing very well. I remember one time when I was pastoring White House Church when we were in the small church building before we built the new building and moved, and the stage was kind of limited, and on one side was the uh, uh, was the amplifier, and on the you know we had the the microphone set up, and Brother Gary was leading the song, and I was at the pulpit right beside him, and he'd lead those songs that had uh, different parts in them, harmony. And I would sing one part one time and another part the next time through. And finally, he stopped at the middle of one of the songs. He said, Brother Larry, it'll help me a lot more if you'll just move over to the other side of the stage. Well, he wasn't getting it, but I was praising God. There have been times when I've walked around. I remember one time I was singing, and I said, Boy, there's nothing like a good hymn. And somebody looked at me and said, You're right, that's nothing like a good hymn. 
But but when you when I sing, it's between me and God, and it's lifting me up. It may not lift you up, but man, it's lifting me up because I'm focusing my attention on the praise of God and what He's done for me, and it means everything to me. And in the eyes and the ears of the Lord, it's like a sweet savor. It's like a sweet melody to Him because His child is praising Him even when there is a hard time. So that's the praise. That's just get along. Get down. When you get down, just stop. Go into solitude. Uh, just a little time with you and God. Get in the Word of God and then begin to praise God, whether it's a song or giving Him words of praise and thanksgiving, whatever it be, because there's just times that we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Get alone with God. Spend a little time alone with Him. It's the best place to be. Then get, get into God's Word. Let it speak encouragement to your heart. Then raise your praise to the Lord and you'll see that your spirit suddenly begins to change. Now you may be discouraged because of the pandemic today, the coronavirus, and, and you, feel, you feel like you've been alone for so long. I mean, I, I talk to church members on the phone. They say, Preacher, when are we going to get back together? Man, when are we going to see our church family again? They just get discouraged and it's weighed upon their mind and sometimes you might even be discouraged about the economy. Some of you may have lost your job because of the coronavirus or you've been laid off and you're wondering how am I going to get enough money to live and how am I going to get the food to eat. Some may be discouraged because they felt forsaken by their family and by their friend. I want you to know something folks I've not hugged my grandchildren in two months and it's really killing me. I see them on Facebook. They say words of encouragement to me. I try to say words of encouragement to them, but it's nothing like reaching over, grabbing them and hugging them and telling them in person that you love them. So that can be discouraging. You can also might be discouraged spiritually today. I mean, it's been a long time since we've worshiped together. It's probably been a long time since if you're not even a part of this church since you've worshiped together. Maybe during that time you've drawn back from God in your fellowship. You don't pray as much as you should. You're not into the Bible because you don't read personally. You only hear the Bible when you go to a worship service or a Sunday school class. You're not able to get out and put your love into action with people and serve people that we were, pray and meditate on the Word of God. And we get and gain encouragement from the Word and maybe we just need encouragement and it's time just to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Now, let me close with a final encouraging word. I've talked about encouraging yourself by getting alone in solitude, by getting into the Word, and by getting into praise. Those are three good things. But let me give you a final encouraging word from a whole different area of the Word of God, okay? I go back to the time in the Scriptures where Christ is on the cross. One of the darkest days in the history of mankind when the very Son of God is hanging on a cross, dying. And on that particular day, hanging on the cross, he looked up, he said these words. He said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Do you think he was discouraged? Do you think he was discontented? Do you think there was something there that took him away? Now, you, you remember, at, he, he told his disciples, he said, I and my father are one. 
What a relationship there was. Suddenly that relationship's not there. He's hanging on the cross and he's feeling abandoned and forsaken and he's totally discouraged as he's saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But at this point, he is taking on the entire sin of the world. He's taking on my sin. He's taking on your sin, sin's debt all the rotten mess in my life and all the rotten mess in your life and all the rotten mess that's going on in the world that is ungodly was on him that day. And even the Bible says he took it all, he nailed it to the cross. He took it all upon himself. No wonder this man, Jesus, the very Son of God, felt discouraged and said, My God, my God, why is thou forsaken me? But out of that came the blessing of eternal life. Eternal life for you, eternal life for me, because he paid my debt for my sin on the cross. And all I have to do now is repent and accept it by faith, and suddenly that becomes my eternal life. And when it was all over, he returned to the throne in heaven. And on the throne in heaven, he's being praised and he's being honored by all the heavenly hosts and the angels and all the saints of God in heaven. They're all praising him and honoring him. And hopefully all of us that believe in him on earth, we're praising and honoring him as well. And remember this from this time when Jesus was forsaken. Take this home with you. Jesus was forsaken so that you and I never have to be. Jesus was forsaken so that you and I never have to be. You see, we have Jesus, and Jesus is enough. We have Jesus, and Jesus is enough. Take that with you. Let it abide in your heart. Let it mean something to you, because when Jesus is all you need, he may be all you got, but he'll be there for you. He told his disciples, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. Thank God. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for the message today, for the Word of God, of how we can come in touch with you and just be self-encouraged through the things that go on uh, as we get along with you and we spend time in the Word and we begin to praise you. It begins to bubble in our heart, change us and encourage us. And God, we thank you for that spirit that comes through that time. In Jesus' name, amen. We trust that God has blessed you with this message from His Word. Each week, these sermons are made available in video and audio formats. If you want to watch our weekly sermon and Sunday School videos, you can find them on our YouTube channel. Just subscribe to the channel and be sure to hit the notification bell so that you're notified when a new video is posted. For audio, you can subscribe to our podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and others. You can also find these audio recordings on our website, free to download. Just visit www.portlandgbc.org. That's www.portlandgbc.org. Until next time, stay safe and may God bless you.